sometimes like to be prepared, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, planning ahead, knowing what's coming, doing the things that we can do to be ready for whatever we have planned, right? Uh, when our sons were young, we have a book that Michael's mom gave them. She lived at, um, she lived in a tiny little beach town in Delaware. And um, it, was, it was a book about going to the beach and the little boy loved being prepared going to the beach. So he would, knowing that he was going to want to collect shells, he would take his, um, he would take his pail and have his shovel and different things that he would take. And then for lunch, he would have all the different things, the blanket, the basket, the food. He wanted to go fishing, so he had his fishing pole, he had his bait, he had uh, his net, all the different things that he was going to need. Um, just this little, sweet little book about being prepared, right? It's human nature, we like to be prepared. But with that often comes the perception that we're in control, that we can predict and plan for anything that might come. If anyone has ever seen me pack or pack up a car for vacation, I have all the contingencies in my mind, oh, yeah. like all the, all the first aid stuff, all the stuff that you don't want to need, but you think you might want to have with you, like all of those things. But there's only so much that we can really predict and know. And when, un when the unexpected happens, it throws us, right? It catches us off guard. Um, have you ever felt that way? You're going along and boom. Roadblock. Felt a lot of that recently as a community. Um, but we feel it in our own lives too. When things just take that shift, it's like, whoa, what do you do with that? Your song brings so much hope to that as well. It speaks, speaks into those situations. So let's look at our gospel passage today and see what Jesus um, has to teach us about being prepared. So I'll read, and then we'll dive in. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. All right, so let's, let's see what, what Jesus is, is teaching us here. So last week we were in Matthew 23, and if you remember, for those of you who were here, Jesus was warning the crowd and his disciples um, to listen to what the Pharisees were teaching, but not to follow their example, because they weren't living the way God intended. They weren't living out um, his will and his word. So not following that example, he was challenging their attitude, their posture towards God and one another, and their connection or level of disconnection with the people around them and with God himself. They'd gotten caught up in the privilege of being special and set apart uh, and above others. And Jesus reframed for them and for us what was seen as honor, tradition, and privilege and tried to put that in 
light for us to learn from. So today, we're in chapter 25. We've skipped over 24. There's always a lot in there. Um, but Jesus, uh, in this chapter, is telling a couple different parables, and obviously we're just in the one of them, but talking about and to clarify further what it means to be spiritually vigilant, to be ready for his return, and how to live until he comes. So it's an ongoing process. It's not only about the end. But let's look at the parable itself and see what the pieces mean for us and what we can take, what we can take from them. So the par parable about a wedding describes the need um, for readiness for the kingdom, for Jesus to come back, and explains that there will be some who are going to be included in his kingdom and some who will not. That not everybody in the entire world, as much as Jesus would like that, um, will have that. So as we've walked through the parables kind of through the summer, we had a couple weeks that we did in a row, just a couple things to keep in mind is the parables illustrate a point in a story. So they're not literal. Um, not every point matches up really clean with a perfect analogy, but it's illustrating a concept uh, that Jesus wants us to know. So in Jesus's time, wedding customs may have differed from village to village, um, but all weddings included a processional of the bridegroom to the bride's family's home, and they would all go back, and it would be lit. They would, this would happen toward the evening, and so they would have the, the lamps that would light the way, because of course there weren't street lights guiding, <laughs> guiding the way back then. And so the wedding day would be, would be spent celebrating, but there was this anticipation of the bridegroom to come and get the bride, and then they would process um, for the wedding feast um, down. So in our, in our parable, we have 10 bridesmaids who from the very beginning are set into two separate groups, um, those who were foolish and those who were wise. Let me, let me not get, get too far ahead of myself. So from the outset, they were separated. They all bring lamps, so they all are coming with some level of preparation. They know that that's, that that's their part. People who wouldn't have the lamps might have been seen as party crashers. So they were, they were part of the wedding party. They knew what their role was going to be. Uh, they brought them, but there was a delay for the bridegroom to come, and it took a very long time. The passage says it's around midnight when, uh, when he comes. And every, because of that delay, everybody, all of them, all ten, the wise and the unwise, fell asleep, waiting. And then the announcement comes, and they wake up, and then they begin to trim their lamps to prepare. The wise, as we know, brought along extra oil because the lamps were going out. It had been a long time. Uh, so they added the extra oil, but then the foolish ones did not. And so they wanted the others to help them out, right? Uh, I've read a number of different commentaries on there, because so I'm like, wow, is that like being selfish? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's not what the commentaries say, that, uh, but that it talks about um, that, each one, that each one of us, that Jesus is teaching us that we are all accountable for our own spiritual condition. We can learn from one another. We can come alongside one another. We can help people grow in relationship with Jesus, but we can't do that for anybody. And that's what this, what this is illustrating, that we can't borrow someone else's spiritual health and wellness. We can learn from it. We can model it. We can have them help us. How did you, you, know, how did you grow to trust Jesus like you do now versus the way you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So we can learn from one another, but we can't, we can't do it for one another. And that's what this, um, what, this is, what this is conveying here. And so 
the ones who didn't have oil had no choice but to go try and find it in the middle of the night <laughs> to, um, to be back, and they didn't, they didn't make it back in time. So as hard as this is to hear, right, because I know it's human nature to shift into, okay, am I doing enough? Like, so then you get into, actually I was driving here this morning and there was a license plate in front of me that said works. I'm like, isn't that so great? Because yeah. we, can get, we can get into that trap, like, am I doing enough? Like, so I've gotta do, I've gotta do more, like checking off the list, am I, am, I, am I doing all of the right things to be loved by Jesus? We forget that we're saved by grace through faith. His grace, his forgiveness to us is a gift. So not to get caught up in that, but so what does it mean? What does it mean then if we're needing to be prepared but not getting caught up in, as the Pharisees were, look at all the things I do, look at the way I keep the Sabbath, look at the way I keep the prayer time. Yeah. Look at, so there's the difference there. And it really comes down, we spend a lot of time talking about it, to relationship. Like how do we cultivate a relationship? How do we, how do we come to know Jesus? For many years, I grew up learning about Jesus. I loved Jesus, but there, the relationship was more something that happened on Sunday um, in the context of a worship service, um, but that wasn't, wasn't integrated. So like, how do you begin to cultivate a relationship with Jesus? Because it, it starts to get messy as we're trying to think about how do we cultivate our spiritual health? How do we cultivate a relationship with him? Um, allow him to speak into our lives, to give us, to look to him for hope, to look to him for guidance in the midst of what we might be walking through. But remembering that it's not a checklist, that it's not, it's not a matter of have we done enough. Um, it's his finished work on the cross brings us to him. He opens that opportunity. He wants a relationship with each one of us. And the question is, so how do you how do you do that? The passage ends uh, on verse 13 where it says, he turns to the crowd and says, so you too must keep watch. What does it mean to keep watch? To be ready. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean stay awake because the wise and the foolish both want to sleep. Right? So not to lose track of there, but to be watching. There's a passage in Colossians 4.2 uh, that talks about uh, continue in prayer, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So that watchfulness comes with that connection with God. We watch for ourselves and we watch with one another. So if I were a different kind of preacher, I might say, look to someone close to you and say, keep watch. And then you say, keep watch back. I'm not that kind. <laughs> that always made me very uncomfortable. But, but knowing that we have, he calls us to keep watch, to keep connected with him. We're watching for him to come, but we're not standing um, in acts. Um, there are a couple, couple times in scripture after Jesus had risen from the dead, and he's with his disciples before he ascends, and this is in the beginning of Acts. Uh, the disciples ask, is now when you're going to bring your kingdom? Like, mm -hmm. is this the time? And he says, um, it is not for you to know uh, that only God knows, and that he, he is the one who has fixed the time and the season. And then he ascends up into heaven, and the, all of the 
the disciples and others are just standing there looking, and the angels come and say, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking? Like, you've got work to do um, to go and to, um, to live, bless you, to live his way and to share his love and his hope um, with others, not standing idly by. So it's this tension, or it's not even tension, it's, it's this continuum. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. Jesus tells us he will return, our creed says he is coming back, and he will come back. And uh, those of us who know him and love him will be with Jesus. Um, those who pass in our, in our, um, in our passage today, um, in, Thessalon in Thessalonians, one of the things that, um, uh, that Paul was addressing there was people were concerned because back in that time, people believed that Jesus was coming right back. And then time would pass, and then people were passing away. They're like, well, what about our loved ones our, who, have, who have passed? He's like, well, we don't grieve without hope. And then he assures them that that will come. So he, he brings that picture together. But it's not only our faith isn't only for eternity. Our faith is for now. It's for walking through the hard and difficult and easy and good times that we walk through in our lives. Being able to do that, watching with him watching for him, watching him move around us, looking to his word for wisdom, for guidance, for strength. When there's so much pain in our community and we don't know what to do with it, mm -hmm. what does God's word say? That's so beautiful, mm -hmm. the way he used you um, and gave you that. Thank you for, for the courage to come and share that today because it's such a beautiful example of looking to him and his word for hope and for strength and for guidance in the midst of stuff that we don't understand and we don't even know what to do with sometimes. So how does this guide us in our society? You know, I think about um, how is my heart? How is your heart? How is your soul? You know, we talked a couple weeks ago, it was right after the tragedy, um, loving God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving others, um, you know, fully. And we talk about our soul is that thinking, feeling part of us, our emotions, our, our emotions, thoughts, our will. Um, is it settled? Is it unsettled? And where are we looking for comfort, mm -hmm. for peace, for power, mm -hmm. and for strength as we go about life and encounter disappointments and things that, that are unexpected? And so how do we attend? How do you attend to your spiritual health? How can we cultivate that and let his word guide us? Even stop to think and look. So last Sunday I was on my way and I prepared the message, uh, but there was a piece of it that God gave me on the way in. I was literally driving up 295. <laughs> and um, I just got this, this just these, these three words, and it was attitude, posture, and connection that we shared through. And it was just so very clear, like that's what Jesus was challenging of the Pharisees and what he was trying to show us. What is our attitude? What is our posture toward one another? Our posture toward God? What is our, our level of connection with others around us uh, and with God as we go about our days? So I was driving, and so I couldn't stop. So I just picked up my phone and said, set a reminder <laughs> to add, and then I just put those three words. And I never like clicked that off. So every time I've picked up my phone this week, I've had the reminder that had attitude, posture, and connection. And it 
challenged me. It, it reframed everything I did this week because, of course, I'm picking up my phone constantly for things or you know, right before a phone call or a conference call or connection with family or something. And so I'm like, okay, what is my attitude? Am I have, do I have the mind of Christ? Mm -hmm. um, am I looking for his perspective or, I, or am I you know, reaching for power or judging or where am I? Uh, what is my posture? Am I humili the humility of Christ, right? Humble like God, like him. Um, and what is my, am I choosing to connect or disconnect? Am I doing things that bring people together? Whoops, or push them apart. So mm -hmm. really, and it's those kinds of things in our everyday lives that he gives us the opportunity to look to him for answers, for wisdom, for strength as we go. So as I was, um, was thinking about this message, and Justin, I've been putting, I, I usually put titles on my messages, even though we don't often use them, but now we've started putting them on the website. And uh, one of, as, as we were walking through this week, there was, um, I got an email and talked about a person just wrestling to live out faith. Like, I know what I believe, but it's really hard when things are uncertain. And there were these lyrics from a song a long time ago that popped into my head. Um, and it starts, sight beyond what I see. Sight beyond what I see. You know what's best for me. Prepare my mind, prepare my heart for whatever comes. I'm going to be ready. And the song is called, I'm going to be ready. And it's, it's such a good picture. It's not, I don't prepare my mind and heart. Like, we do our part, but we look to him to speak into our lives, to, to help to prepare us. Because he knows what we're going to need. Uh, he's constantly providing and connecting and guiding and moving around us if we will notice, if we'll stop and look watch for him and watch for him to speak into it. Um, I was texting with a friend a couple weeks ago was in, in the midst of coming out of all of the um, just all of the trauma of, of a few weeks ago and they said um, you know what if they were having really difficulties like what a day a week a month a year like we can stretch it and it you know it's got me thinking, you know, coming into 2020, right, it's 2019, you know, yeah. I mean, okay. some people were going through difficult times, but like, as, as we were just kind of going through life, right, and coming into 2020, there was, I was in ministry at the time, and there were Bible studies, you know, 2020 vision, you know, we're going to, you know, look to have clarity, like all of those things, and bam, like nobody saw the pandemic coming, and it completely sh shut down and changed everything that we knew. Um, and it was challenging. We walked through that time and then um, kind of go through 21 and then coming into 2022, I was thinking, okay, things pandemic-wise are finally starting to settle. And so thinking things are finally gonna settle, it's gonna be more of a normal year. Five days into the year, um, I took a misstep. I was zipping out to my car super fast, looking at the driveway to see if there was ice um, if there was any ice yet, it was January 5th. Um, and as I looked to see if there was ice on the driveway, I hit a patch of ice on the brick on our covered patio, not thinking there was gonna be any ice there. And I slipped and I broke two vertebrae in my back. <sighs> so the recovery and brace for months and everything changed, being fully dependent on other people and having to ask for help 
with everything uh, was really for months. And I was my last semester of graduate school. I was finishing my internship. Um, we had lots of things that we were doing family-wise and suddenly everything changes. And I remember thinking, wow, where was my hope? I was putting my hope in the new year um, and making that, oh, it's all gonna be good and then not, not even paying attention. But I was not looking I was looking so far, it wasn't really that far, it was only that far, of looking out, but not paying attention to where were my feet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a good picture for us as we plan, as we walk through life, um, to be looking toward eternity, to be looking toward the next things and the planning and the things. And there's lots of things that we try and are trying to figure out. Um, and even in this room, you know, college decisions and jobs and just all kinds of different things with our families, both good and bad, like things that are hard and things that are, uh, that are good, but realizing we still have to be where our feet are. Mm -hmm. yeah. We still have to look to where we are in the present and how God would be guiding and speaking into our lives in that, in that and what he would have us do and use in the moments I think about David in Psalm 27. So I guess before I get there, in my devotion this week, I've been doing this study that I'm really wrestling with. It's like, wow, there was so much injustice, and yeah, God used it, but he allowed, like, so I'm just, I'm wrestling, there will eventually be a sermon on that topic, because I'm still, <laughs> God's stretching me through it, and he's really making me think, and I'm Reminded that, yep, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Things that don't make sense um, in our, because it connects with things happening in our world too. And I have to trust that, you know what, I don't see the whole perspective. But I'm growing in my trust of his sovereignty. Amen. And I know, as David said, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Psalm 27, let's see what I have here is such a great psalm. And as David is at the end of this psalm, it's a time that he's running and is um, uh, in fear for his life. And he proclaims at the very end, he's like, I believe, you know, in the, as he's walking through all the different things that are hard, he says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then goes on to say, wait for the Lord. As in our passage today, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. We're waiting for Jesus to return. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Here's what goes with it. Mm -hmm. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Again, not wait idly, but just to be looking to him for courage, for strength as we wait, trusting that he is a good God and he does good mm. and he wants good. So what does it look like to trust him? In the midst of, um, in the midst of things, you know, as we think about um, our community grieving, uh, we think about people wrestling with health challenges, um, other kinds of threats, uh, making finances meet, where to go to college, which job to take, um, encounters with other people, whether they're friends, um, people that we care about, teachers, students, parents, issues of social justice and violence. Disappointments, when there's something that we really hoped for or went in. Um, broken relationships, losses of people and dreams. As we move into the holidays, we're reminded of wonderful memories, hard memories, family with us, family not with us. Um, how do we walk through these centered and steady, not stressed, 
not reeling to and fro, not denying and stuffing. Like, how do we walk through it? And that comes down to the preparation. And so as I think about readying, uh, readying is preparing, preparing for something, right? To be prepared. So it's not, I'm going to be ready, or are you ready? It's more it's like every day, what are we doing to be ready for what this day is going to bring? We don't know what each day, what each day is going to bring, but how can we look to him? How can we nourish our souls in preparation? As a young mom, I saw a quote, and I was thinking of building memories and doing things for our kids and making sure they have whatever the things, whatever those things are. And there was this wisdom that was shared that was um, take care of the moments and the years, the memories, take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that being present, being where our feet are. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of things that we're working towards and striving towards and needing mm -hmm. to do. But also remembering, where are we? Who's around us right now? How are we connecting? How are we engaging? Mm -hmm. um, and are we looking to God in his word, in his way, to guide what that looks like? Mm -hmm. So being present where we are, where our feet are. So just, you know, teach us, Lord. You know, show us mm -hmm. your way. Uh, earlier in Psalm 27, um, lead me on a level path. Like that, it's just, it's such a, such a beautiful psalm. So think about seeking God, watching for him, looking for him. Uh, did anybody see the Northern Lights last night? Pretty cool. Did you see them? For like two seconds. Okay, that's amazing. We went looking. <laughs> um, I was like, this is amazing. So it was, it was after midnight. Well, I hopped in the car and drove up that. And so, like, I'm just looking, 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 like trying to catch a glimpse. We're heading north, you know, look to get where it's dark and to maybe get a different, uh, a different elevation. And we've got the radios playing, and um, there's a Phil Collins song in the air tonight. So again, oh, it's written. It's a, it's a song that's, that's written out of pain and everything. But you know, I can feel it coming in the air. It's like I've been waiting for this moment for all of my life. I'm like, well, I've never seen the Northern Lights. I wanted to see them so much, and I was expecting. I was like, I was sure we were going to see them. We didn't. Um, but but this the search was exciting in the middle of the night. Um, but but you know, but going to look, and I'm like, wow, that's how we need to seek Him and His wisdom and His will. Like with that level of intention and intensity and expectation, knowing like you're gonna show up, and He does. Doesn't always do it in our timing, and we didn't see the Northern Lights last night. We'll see them one day. Light up, green glow up in the sky. We saw some green lights. I'm um, getting on the highway. It's like, no, that's probably not that like, like traffic light, green light. <laughs> um, but again, as we as we're walking through, so it's like it was just thinking. It's like, wow, okay, that's seeking God. That's watching yeah. for Him. Like we, I was looking so even when we were coming back and watching the rearview mirror, I opened up the the skylight, not not the window because we would have frozen, but opened up the opened up the the skylight cover. So we're looking, like looking for the stars, um, and we looked all the way, all the way home. Um, but just know that like he he wants us to seek him like that like that is his heart's desire he wants a relationship with all of us and it's not about checking off boxes and doing enough it's just being him being with him being him um, if we could be like him in this world right mm -hmm. uh, that he wants to use us that he can he calls us to live in this world in this time and in this place uh, sharing his love uh, sharing his peace mm -hmm. his hope his truth his strength, 
his light mm -hmm. wherever we go in the circles that he puts us in uniquely for each one of us, um, finding wisdom in him, finding our strength in him, strength for today, um, carrying his light to others, um, that one day we would all and will all be with him. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right, let's pray. God, you are holy and good. Uh, we know that it is your heart's desire to know each one of us and for us to know you, to know your character, to know your deep love, to know your peace, real peace, um, strength that will carry us through times that are good, times that are bad, times that are uncertain, times that are, no that are known and those that are unknown. Lord, help us to prepare. Help us to ready ourselves. Uh, so we think about readying. Um, help, us to, help us to prepare for the day. Help us to watch for you. Help us to trust you, to be patient. When waiting is long, sometimes it's really, really long. Um, help us to remember that your promises are true, that you love us, and that you are with us no matter what comes our way. We praise you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.